Now, Mars One, the company that was reportedly going to send Earth citizens to colonize Mars, were that two South African women were shortlisted to go. But people were saying when the news broke that the report is just about right. I mean, let's be honest, it seemed like a scam. So with a failure there, uh, there are other people who are trying to make a trip to Mars commercially viable. Now, this morning, I'm joined on the line with Brendan Peterson, assistant editor at Popular Mechanic, to share his thoughts on what a ticket to Mars could cost and uh, the reality of us getting to space. Brendan Peterson, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Kate. How are you? I'm good. You didn't answer my question, bro. Well, you know, I'm so moved by your story. I was thinking, do I even have anything that's as good to tell this morning? Are you do? Are, are you well? Did you have your cup of coffee this morning, or did you just roll out of bed? You know what? I'm more of a tea person. I haven't had my tea this morning yet. I'm okay. wide awake though. I'm feeling good. Your story made me feel even better because it made me, you know, sort of remember that there are still very good people out there in the world. So I'm, I'm good. I'm very, very good this morning. And when it comes to the stories like this and stories about what we're going to be talking about now, I see uh, there's a rugby match playing on our TV here and there's a thing red and it just brings it up again that people are wanting to go to the red planet. They want to go to Mars. They would like to call it. Hopefully they're going to be sane enough to remember what to do and the mission that they uh, have set out to do. But a lot of people are saying that I would rather go to Mars because we can start from scratch when it comes to our humanity because the world we are living in today, it's a very sad world, but maybe we could make a better world for ourselves somewhere else. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think that's a very sort of interesting topic and question that you're touching on there, sort of the reasons to want to go to Mars. But in terms of the practicalities and the cost, you know, that could be very limiting at the moment. Um, you know, I think it was back in 2001, there was an American businessman who actually was the world's first space tourist, essentially, if that's what you want to call him. Um, and I believe for just over a week, I think it was about eight days or so, um, he spent about $20 million dollars just to get onto a Russian spacecraft which orbited Earth what, about 120, 125, 128 uh, times, something like that. You know, $20 million is not a cheap, you know, sort of affordable amount of money for anyone to be able to just orbit Earth, forget, you know, going to the Red Planet. Now, if we're talking about getting to the Red Planet, let's talk about the affordability from a South African perspective. What could a ticket to Mars cost us as South Africans? Because we're talking about dollars, but put it in South African rands for us. Well, I mean, that was, you know, that was obviously, like I said, back in 2001. You know, we're looking at, we're sitting here now, it's, it's almost 20 years later. You know, That's so when you would still buy five rands petrol, eh? Uh, <laughs> you know, I... <clears throat> I don't know how far five and petrol is going to get you, maybe like two centimeters, if even that much. Um, but, you know, since then, there's obviously been quite a few companies that have sprung up where they are trying to reduce the cost of space travel. I think, you know, most people would know Elon Musk's mm. SpaceX being, you know, the most popular one. And they really, what they've been trying to do lately, if you look at the last few months, um, is they've been trying to find ways to sort of reuse parts from um spacecraft that go up into space and try to reuse those parts because if they can do that, that actually lowers the cost for them from an operational perspective, which means that it could potentially lower the cost of, um, you know, a ticket into space. And 
re- recently there was a report saying that uh, Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic, you know, where they also looking to do space travel, <clears throat> was looking at charging about uh, 250,000 US dollars. So if you convert that into turans, you're looking at still, you know, a cool couple of million just to get into space. Yeah. So a cool couple of million and just to get into space. You're going on like you can afford it. Just a couple of million. You know, it's like the other day I was saying to someone who can afford the cost of technology sitting in a 20,000 rand or 40,000 rand, and now we're talking about a few million to get up into space. You know, exactly. obviously, the average person is never going to be able to afford that, unfortunately. Now, briefly, you're talking about the recycled parts and using some of the parts that they find up there. What's the safety aspect of using something like that? Well, that's that's the problem. Um, if you look at, at SpaceX, um, what they've done is... So parts from previous rockets they've tried to reuse to see if it actually was feasible, actually was possible. And it's something NASA hasn't done because NASA was saying, you know, one, the parts are too damaged. Two, if we had to try to use those damaged parts, you know, there's a massive uh, safety risk. So SpaceX has actually been doing unmanned missions first to see, you know, can we make this work? And Elon Musk always being the sort of social media maverick that he is, knowing how to get attention, has done everything from putting someone in, well, not someone, putting a, a mannequin in a spacesuit in a Tesla, you know, to send that out into space and to see, well, hey, if I do this, is the car going to survive? Is the so-called dummy going to survive? You know, all of these things. Um, that's worked. So then he was like, okay, cool, let's try the next thing. And they've been sending up sort of unmanned, well, doing unmanned launches just to see, you know, you know, heaven forbid that the spacecraft um, explode, but let's make sure that that doesn't do happen first before we actually put someone in it and send it up. Mm-hmm. And so far, they've actually been very successful. So from a safety perspective, NASA seems to have signed off and said, you know, we didn't think this was possible, but it clearly is. Tesla seems to be working. Uh, well, Elon Musk and Tesla obviously working combined, but that all seems to be working. So from a safety perspective, you know, they seem to have been able to figure out most of the kinks. But at the end of the day, you're still, you know, putting people in a spaceship uh, spaceship uh, with millions of tons of fuel. So, you know, there's always going to be that risk, unfortunately, mm. I think. Brings the time now to 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. I'm in conversation with uh, Brendan Peterson, the assistant editor at Popular Mechanics. If you've just uh, joined in on the conversation, you can weigh in. And we're talking about the cost of space travel, especially getting up into uh, colonizing and traveling around and getting to Mars. Uh, I know that uh, it's a big, big discussion that a lot of people are having. Elon Musk's getting in, uh, well, in on it. And we also had uh, the Mars One company, and they were reportedly wanting to send Earth citizens to colonize Mars. If you have questions for Brendan Peterson, uh, you can call us on 021-446-0567. Now, Brendan, if if you do recall going into your history books from, from way back, the space race was basically, started and well got to the escalation of where we find ourselves today between the u.s fighting against russia who's going to get to the moon first who's going to put the flag down and that whole thing of you know the space race so we have nasa and then we have the russian space agency and i know that china's getting in on it as well how much of an influence does politics have on space travel you know that's actually a very very interesting question because 
Um, on the Popular Mechanics SA website, very recently we had a post up about Mike Pence, who's obviously Vice President of the United States, who pretty much issued what sounds and comes across very much like an ultimatum to NASA saying, you know, we need to revitalize the U.S. space program. And if you don't do it within X amount of time, you know, he kind of left it as a, you know, do it or else kind of sort of feeling is what came across. And it does seem like politics, especially for the U.S., is playing a very big, um, very big part. But I think from a global perspective, it, it is certainly playing a very big role because, you know, the space race, as you mentioned, you know, from way, way back in the day, diving back into history, it was a case of, you know, we need to, one, be able to say we were the first country to be able to send someone into space, you know, showing that we are global pioneers. But then it became a situation of, well, we need to do this so we can actually get satellites up into space and start creating um telecommunications uh, networks, we can start creating defensive networks. So it became far more than just we need to see what's out there. It became a case of, you know, we essentially as countries need to stake our claim of, you know, whatever's out there. So politics, I think, is playing a very, very big role in terms of, you know, where money is being diverted in terms of um, Global organizations, you know, you mentioned Russia, you mentioned NASA, but in Europe, there's, you know, the European Space Agency where multiple um, countries have come together. You know, Japan is getting into this. India is getting into this. South Africa has made a few forays, but has not been, you know, as successful, you know, just from a purely financial and uh, technological uh, perspective. So it's become very, very political, not just, you know, let's get into space, let's get to Mars. You're talking about the European Space Agency and you're also talking about us as a country dabbling in, you know, that a little bit. But you say that we might not be there financially, we might not be there when it comes to our technology. But do you maybe think that we could do something similar that they are doing in Europe where they are combining, well, clubbing together as countries and saying, okay, so this is what we're going to do and we are going to get into the space race. Why can't we do it as Africans on African continent? So we do have SANSA, the South African National Space Agency. Um, but what's been happening with, with uh, SANSA is that they have become very good at not so much space travel, but um, I want to say study um, and sort of exploration of what's actually happening out in space. So if you're looking to find out things like, you know, what's actually in the galaxy, you know, looking at for planets beyond the planets that we know, uh, looking for things like dark matter, looking for, you know, signs of life, well, then Sansa is where you go because there we've proven to be able to be world leaders in terms of, of actually investigating and looking and understanding the science behind it. Um, in terms of the practicality of sort of banding together with other continent, uh, other countries on the continent, I think it's, it's a very good idea, but again, I think you're looking at politics, and I think you're looking at the fact that, you know, Russia, the U.S., China, sit with the fact of they have more billionaires in the world and people have access to that vast amount of wealth than we do. If you look at the U.S., um, you know, everyone talks about Elon Musk. They talk about SpaceX. You know, it's become a big thing. Elon Musk is a billionaire. If you look at one of the other big ones, um, Blue Orbit is actually owned by Jeff Bezos, you know, who is the world's wealthiest man. You know, Russia typically 
that actually sits with more billionaires in Russia than they are in the United States. China doesn't really sort of release figures, but, you know, there's rumors that there are quite a few billionaires sitting in China as well. So they've got all the financial resources to be able to do it. Africa, unfortunately, doesn't have that yet. Whatever happened, because I remember, I think it was around 2003, when we had Mark Shuttleworth going up there, whatever happened to him? You know, that's that's actually a good question. I've actually been trying to get in contact with um, with him in the past few weeks uh, for a different piece that I'm working on. And it just seems like this man is always busy. He seems to, I mean, no surprise there, but it seems like he's been focusing more on um, operating systems and actually bringing access to internet and technology to more people, either for free or at a vastly, vastly reduced rate. So it doesn't seem like he's he's pushing as much into into the whole space exploration thing. Um, instead, he's trying to sort of solve more problems here locally, you know, before we turn our eyes to the stars again. Mm. Brendan, it's been good chatting this morning. I will leave you to go and get your cup of tea, hopefully rooibos, <laughs> or else you're a traitor. No, no, it's always robust, so don't worry about that. Okay, proudly South African there. Brendan Peterson is the assistant editor at Popular Mechanics.